following is a repeat show that was previously broadcast on Unity FM. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Parenting Hour. You're tuned in to Unity FM 93.5 here in the heart of the city in Birmingham. And welcome to our Lutons and Luton listeners and our listeners down south tuned in on 105.1 and other stations as well. I know they are taking this show this evening. We are live in the studio and uh, we... We've had a mix of a day here in Birmingham after such a, a terrible morning, for me anyway. I went through tree floods. The last one, I didn't think I was going to make it through it. It was so high and my car's a bit low, but <laughs> I did make it. And now the sun is shining. So it's amazing, really, what, what, uh, what a day it has been. So I hope wherever you are that you're all safe and that you're able to tune in to this uh, and enjoy this hour with us, uh, drive time hour as you make your way home and enjoy the discussion and uh, hopefully also ring in and be part of the discussion. Indeed, we like listening to our live calls. If you'd like to ring in, it's 0121 and we're here until 6 p.m. Uh, inshallah this evening. And I have a guest with me, of course, here in the studio. You, we have lots of wonderful guests, and this is another wonderful guest. And I really didn't even get to hear all his introduction before the, the show, so maybe we'll have to do it over on air. But his name is Peter Brooks, and he is um, got a nursing background. And he was just telling me about that nursing background, and I was really amazed by that. And we didn't get much <laughs> further, so we're going to have to go through your total introduction. But welcome, <laughs> Peter. Welcome to the studio. Assalamu alaikum. I'm very pleased to be here. MashaAllah, that's a lovely greeting indeed. And I know it's not your first time coming to the studio. You've come often to hear us here in Unity FM and you're quite familiar with the way we do things and uh, the programs we have. But it's the first time for me having you here at Parenting Hour, so it's new for me. And it's really lovely to be here with you. Thank so you. I come most frequently with uh, Mahmouda, yeah. uh, Mahmouda's uh, friend from a long, long time ago. Oh, very nice. That's very good indeed. She, of course, I've got her own show and people in, but it's so nice to um, to bring back guests on different times because we find that people tune in at different times. Mm, mm. And even sometimes I listen to Radio 4 and they repeat things over again. And you think, well, if Radio 4 is repeating it, we can definitely repeat it on Unity FM. <laughs> So, welcome to the studio. Tell us, start off with, with your nursing background first, and then we'll work forward okay. to where you were. So, you became a nurse at 18? Yes, yes. Wow. Um, I started off working um, in business, mm-hmm. um, and I really enjoyed that uh, from the point of view of meeting um, lots and lots of people. Mm-hmm. I, I just like that uh, contact. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realised that business wasn't really for me. Um, I think I was a bit too kind to the customers for the owners. <laughs> um, and I decided that I wanted to do nursing. So I became a student nurse when I was 18. Um, and I've been in nursing in one way or another um, ever since. So I started off in southwest England, which is where I grew up, mm-hmm. and then came to the Midlands. Mm-hmm. And I had a variety of posts, um, the usual things, you know, where it's a staff nurse for a while. Um, I worked with children with learning disabilities quite a lot, um, cerebral palsy and what we now know as autism. Mm-hmm. Um, so quite a lot of that. Um, and then um, one of the great things about nursing, actually, is whatever role you have, you have to start off as a student nurse. There's no shortcut. You know, and that is that is great. 
what so, a lovely foundation it is. Uh, from a yes. nurse myself, oh. starting from a nursing background too, I actually wasn't even quite 18, which you wouldn't be allowed mm. to do now when I started my nursing. Um, and as a student, you start with the bedpans and y- the sick yes. room. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Great yes. Great grounding for anybody. Yes, yeah. Mm. And uh, actually, I quite like watching uh, um, Call the Midwife because mm. they're, they're actually up to the era where I was in training when we did exactly that. We had to clean the bedpans and sterilise the instruments and we had mm. glass syringes which we had to sterilise, mm-hmm. you know, all those things, you know. And I I really loved all my time in nursing. Then I was a nurse teacher for a while mm-hmm. um, and then eventually my, my last post in the NHS, um, I was Chief Nursing Officer for Central Birmingham for 10 years and Director of Nursing at the QE, so what they now call the Heritage Unit, of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, then I left and... Um, uh, Jeannie, my wife, and my, my wife died um, uh, nearly three years ago, um, but we decided we wanted to go and work overseas. Mm-hmm. So we went to Maldives uh, first. We worked in Maldives mm-hmm. for uh, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I was introducing a nursing curriculum, and she was um, teaching an English curriculum because t- English was the means of um, communication. All the books need to be printed in English mm-hmm. uh, because it's too small a country um, to be able to print technical books um, themselves. So um, so we're there for two years, and then we went to Papua New Guinea, and we worked in Papua New Guinea for eight years. Oh, the great thing, incidentally, sorry, great thing about uh, Maldives um, is that uh, it is a totally Muslim country, mm-hmm. um, and um, I really felt um, attached to the culture there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, we had to stop work uh four times a day during working hours um, for prayer time Uh, and um, prayer time as a Christian we're not quite as diligent about it as that Mm -hmm. Uh, but um, because everyone stopped work and the shops closed and everything you know um, I got into the habit of praying four times a day well I Mm -hmm. pray five times a day actually Um, and I still do that I was praying five times a day as a Christian when I before became Muslim yes I still do that I know and that's uh, so it was a very good discipline you know that I learned to do that and it actually served me well because I have always felt um, God's hand guiding me Mm -hmm. in the right direction you know and um, yes so anyway after we left there uh, we went to Papua New Guinea we were there for eight years um, and a lot of the uh, health services there were run by churches mm-hmm. 50% in fact particularly out in the r- rural areas so we did a lot of our work out in the rural areas so we spent about three weeks in our base doing our admin and then three weeks out on patrol um, out into the remote villages mm-hmm. uh, so we did that we only went for two years but they kept asking us to renew um, so we did, and we really enjoyed it there. And eventually, we had trained local people that were able to take over from us. And that was really, really, really rewarding and really great. We came back to uh, to UK, and then we were doing research um, at the university, and we went to um, uh, Kenya, Uganda, Malawi, India, um, doing this research. And we're basically looking at um, faith-based, mainly Christian, um, faith-based healthcare in those countries and how that had been affected by financial difficulties um, and changes over time. Now, that was interesting. Now, and as I was just talking, uh, I was just thinking um, what a wonderful media, social media is, mm-hmm. because a lot of the youngsters who were students of mine in Maldives mm-hmm. um, are on social media and they mm-hmm. contact me regularly. And um, I just had... Um, 
a communication this afternoon just before I came out uh, from one of my ex-students um, who is in London uh, with her son who is about to start university and I, but it, it really it really ages me actually when I think back I, you know, because she she was a student she didn't have any children when I knew her then you know I don't think she was even married you know so uh, but it's been um, it's been a, a wonderful journey and I'm still involved in healthcare in various ways like um, non-executive director for Health Watch Birmingham and a public governor for the Community Health Trust and I, I love doing all of that work. What a colourful career and mentioning those countries here, uh, listeners can't see my reactions but we just hear of these countries to go on holidays and to, to relax and we to actually work there and experience the culture and be there mm. and it, to be appreciated and that's to stay on for so long. Obviously you were doing a great job and people really loved what you mm. both and what you were doing so that was really good, great achievement uh, and great yes. legacy. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. I loved it, I loved it. I, Actually, I, I didn't really want to leave um, Papua New Guinea because there was still more work there to do. But in a way, it would have been indulgence because we had got to the point, uh, because the post that I had um, had uh, been always held by expatriates. Um, and I didn't want to hand over to another expatriate. I wanted to hand over to a local person. And the person I handed over to remained in the post for six years. Um, after I left and we had installed the internet as well in our uh, main office Mm -hmm. so that um, part of the deal was that after I left they could communicate on the um, by email if they had queries etc etc so quite a lot of contact initially but gradually over the years Mm -hmm. um, that diminished because they became self-sustaining and that's how we all want things to be sufficient or self-sustaining you do need local Mm. people it's similar to us when we're delivering parents that's right. We can't keep travelling up and down the country ourselves. Yes. We have to have local people exactly. in local areas yes. trained up to deliver yes. this. And, yes. and actually they know their communities as well and know the changes that's happening. So it's it's good that they can um, look at that and see w- what areas are best or where it's probably different from what we're doing to you. But the local people do have that local knowledge. It's yes, around. yes. Mm-hmm. And I think actually it was my experience in the Maldives and then in um, Papua New Guinea, which were different experiences, um, because um, people in Maldives were very diligent about their faith um, and the relationship between their faith and the commitment to providing health care you know, was very close. And then, uh, and, and Maldives is 100% Muslim. Mm-hmm. Then we went to Papua New Guinea, and Papua New Guinea, I would say, is 95% uh, Christian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the same type of diligence that we saw, or commitment um, to the work, and that relationship between faith uh, and uh, providing healthcare. Mm-hmm. So when we came back to Birmingham, um, and we we were involved in the university, the research that we carried out was about that relationship between uh, faith, faith and health, mm-hmm. and that has actually remained with me. So in the what I think it's twelve years ago now that I came back from um, working overseas from Papua New Guinea Mm -hmm. Uh, and during that 12 years that relationship between faith and health is one that's been very much with me during Mm -hmm. all of that time which and and it doesn't matter which faith I often talk about this actually at the weekend I was in Bradford uh, one of our colleagues had written a book she 
unfortunately her son passed away suddenly 10 years ago um, but she's turned that into a totally positive experience where she's writing yes. about positive things yes. to help people and um, to appreciate their lives and to look how they can be better people and she asked me to, to be at the launch of, of her book and um, even though it was mainly Muslims that were there there was a, a couple of people from other different faiths and I was making the the um, the comparison really between faiths that there is not that much difference. There are so, so much similarities. Mm. And like what we were mentioning there, yes, when I was a Christian, I was praying five times a day as yes, well. Yes. As a Catholic, I don't know whether you were Catholic or not, but as a Catholic, we had to say our prayers when we go up in the morning, kneel down beside the bed. And then we had the Angelus at 12 o'clock. Mm. And the bells would ring for that. And, and I know in school, you'd all say your angelus together. At six o'clock, the same thing. The, you mm. could hear, the, even if you're in the countryside, and we lived in the countryside, you'd hear the bells. Um, at eight o'clock, usually the family came together and had the rosary. And then before you went to bed, you'd knelt down and say your prayers again. So that yes. was a five time a day. Yes, a bit different to the, the, the times we have as a Muslim, but it was that connection. So there's so much similarities. Yes, uh, there is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And uh, when we were in India... Uh, what was very impressive was the health care that was provided by the religious sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I think the figure now is somewhere in the region of about 3,000 health facilities um, across India that are run by uh, mainly Catholic religious sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of them, most of them are one or two sisters running a dispensary. Mm-hmm. And they're very, very well respected because they provide care 24-7. Mm-hmm. Um, and if people don't have money to pay, um, then the care is provided free of charge. Mm-hmm. And they're just universally um, respected. And um, Jeannie and I, we stayed in the convent and we saw the very good work they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was especially privileged actually because um, because I went with my wife mm-hmm. uh, I was able to stay in the convent <laughs> so men are no- not normally allowed to stay in the convent including yeah. the priest <laughs> <laughs> Because he's not married. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because you're married, you're allowed. <laughs> well, yes, yes, yes. So, and that was an experience because yeah. uh, it gave another opportunity to see the sheer dedication yeah. um, and, and how um, those religious sisters were inspired by their faith mm-hmm. uh, to provide that type of health care. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, one hospital that we visited um, in, I think, Andhra Pradesh in India, um, and the hospital being built from scratch by the religious sisters. Um, so they had sent the sisters off to train as architects and sisters as uh, you know as builders and so forth. And they, they did the whole thing themselves, wow. which is just amazing. Mashallah, just shows what can be done, ladies. Absolutely. If you're listening in, there's no excuses now. <laughs> you can be architects and builders, project managers. <laughs> if the sisters can do it in India. Definitely, we can do it here as well. Mashallah, listeners, if you do want to ring in and get involved in the conversation, maybe you've been to some of these countries and you'd like to uh, reflect back on your experience there do ring in on 0121-772-8892 and uh, have a chat to Peter where, where we were going to talk about something else but I found you such a wonderful <laughs> background that we had to talk about this yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah, which yeah. is wonderful yeah. so um, you were always in nursing as you said all through the years you must have seen many changes oh, over the years phenomenal yeah. Phenomenal, yes, yeah. yes. And I suppose I became quite intimately um, involved in healthcare, um, you know, when my wife was ill mm-hmm. because um, she had cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so we knew the prognosis was uh, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, she had three admissions uh, into the QE, uh, and um, she had three courses of chemo. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think actually to be a good nurse, you actually either need to experience some time as a patient or as a carer. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, and I always prided myself on getting close to patients mm-hmm. as a nurse mm-hmm. and understanding um, their needs. But there is no substitute for being on the receiving end mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I always sort of promised myself that I would not fall into the trap of saying, in my day, this, that, and the other mm-hmm. thing, you know, that everything was better. Mm-hmm. Because you can't really compare it because circumstances are different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I trained, uh, typically a patient coming in for surgery would be in maybe three, four days before the surgery, uh, have the surgery. They would be in bed for another three or four days uh, mm-hmm. post-op. And then they would be around the ward and they would help serve the meals and put the laundry away and do all those sorts of things. Well, mm-hmm. of course, that's an absolute no-no these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and the increase in technical nursing has been phenomenal mm-hmm. uh, in that time. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's, it's, it's been huge changes. Huge, huge changes for safety. Actually, um, on the way to a programme last night, we were delivering in Women's Hospital last night a programme. And on the way, I had my colleagues with me and I was telling them about the days that we used to do the bloods and the ECGs mm. and the ESRs and actually draw up the blood up the pipette <laughs> and leave your ESR <laughs> tube standing <laughs> and yeah. measuring yourself and doing it with our own yes up, it was That's training right. in itself that That's you right. wouldn't you, you made sure you got it right and you had your thumb on of this to get and it and you remember we used to use a Bunsen burner you <laughs> know when we you know when we were testing urine for sugar yeah, yes. and you put in Benedict's solution yes. and uh, sort of gave it a little shake <laughs> and then put it over the Bunsen burner <laughs> to see whether it turned green or blue That's or whatever right, colour yeah. no, it's amazing cool. you know and then, and then when these sort of clinistics came out that you mm, just yes, put in you know we we really didn't trust them to start yeah. off with but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are so many memories and so much we learned so much life skills actually yes. we learned um, there which I think um, and they were they were saying what is this because you go so fast at doing things that you learn these things and I, I don't think it's because I'm I, I move or in the way I move but I think in thinking wise we can distinguish quickly whether it's an emergency or not an emergency yes. and categorize areas very that's, quickly that's right. and I think that's yes. part of the training yes that you're able to keep your cool yes. and able to categorize and things well okay nowadays I'm not dealing with life-threatening uh, life and death or heart attacks so you it's easier to, to yes. do that you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So it's, it's good very good skills and um, mentioning there I think also when I was a midwife became a midwife and had my own children I probably did appreciate more being on the other side and what it was like on the other side so some of that experience does help does give you a, does. a deeper understanding yes. of that lived experience as they so call it now in a lot of professions that like that lived experience mm. uh, so that people can understand that so we were supposed to be talking about parenting yes. this evening so <laughs> maybe we should start talking yeah, about okay, this fine. Yes. so um, can you give us any uh, of your knowledge background on your what you've been doing in relation to parenting over well from time? a personal point of view mm-hmm. um, I have four children and I have six grandchildren. Oh, wonderful. And I have seven nieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really embedded in my uh, family. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, none of them live um, close by. Mm-hmm. Um, so they live all around the place. 
Um, but then, on the other hand, the uh, good side of that is that when I go to stay, I normally go and stay like for a long weekend or several days, so it's like quality time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my two eldest um, brother and sister um, are medical students, mm-hmm. um, so one is in Edinburgh, and the other one is just about to start in Oxford uh, next week, I think. Um, medical school. I'm very proud of her, of course, because she um, uh, she got three A stars in her A level, oh, and she was the first girl in her school to get an A star in chemistry. Oh, congratulations <laughs> in chemistry! Yeah, yes. <laughs> but I I particularly wanted her not to go to the same university as her brother, mm-hmm. because I wanted her to develop her own personality. Mm-hmm. Um, because for the last what 16 years, she'd um, really been her brother's sister, mm-hmm. and if she'd gone to Edinburgh Medical School where her brother is she'd have ended she'd have continued as her brother's sister you know and i just want to see vanessa flourish mm-hmm. uh, which i'm sure that she will do I'm you know sure she yeah, will yeah, indeed. yeah yeah how excited she's starting now and your her yes. brother's in what year he's in just starting his third year i think it is yes yes yeah third year yes because he's two years older than she is that's right Wonderful, third year great success stories and your two other children yes um well they were my grandchildren oh they're your grandchildren yes Yes, I know. I don't know that. Oh, no, do I? You do <laughs> not. I'm shocked here. <laughs> I'm really shocked. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so my my um, children, um, uh, two of them are engineers, or at least they started out as engineers, mm-hmm. um, and they graduated at um, University of Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of them is. Um, he was a professor in Singapore and then in China, mm-hmm. and then he came back to UK for his children to go to uni. So once uh, Vanessa starts in uni, uh, he's going back to Singapore. Um, my second one, um, he is uh, uh, he worked for Vickers um, submarines, mm-hmm. um, and then eventually he changed his role and he does commissioning of um, engineers now around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter. She is assistant manager for Go Outdoors. Mm-hmm. Will I to advertise? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we should say there are other outdoor stores. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I have a son uh, who's in New York. Um, and he he does a bit of this, a bit of that. Every time I sort of say to him, what are you up to now then? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Declan his name. What are you up to now, Declan? And then he says, um, oh, a bit of this and a bit of that. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Um, have he likes time. variety in his life mm-hmm. and he's and uh, traveling. yes traveling and he's a free spirit mm-hmm. and it's it maybe from their uh, growing up with you with you traveling so much yes they understood that and they yes that's right and yeah so i'm sure you've seen a lot of difference in parenting yes parenting or grandparenting because yes. grandparenting is very important as well yes over the years and um People, I I know I was I was talking to somebody at the weekend actually it was a Muslim, uh, ra- another radio presenter, and he was saying to me, "But you know you use elements of faith in your your parenting. They they can't be relevant for today. Today's society is different." And I was saying to him, "Well, this, the messages that were coming out and the examples that we use. So, for example, if." Uh, Prophet Muhammad, if we use that and how he communicated, he'd come down to a level, he'd look in somebody's eyes, mm. he'd talk to them straight. When he smiled, you could see his teeth, so he's really yes. absorbing and understanding things. Those are the same messages 
yes. that we need to get across. They haven't changed. Mm. And maybe it is things like mobile phones or other mm. interruptions that we need to keep aside. And it's not always the children on the mobile phones. It's often the parents on the yes, mobile phones. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Um, yes. To, and, and have to go back to those communications again and have those links again, those, those strong inner links. So it... It hasn't. Yes, there may be different problems, but the tools and techniques are quite similar. And from an Islamic perspective, there's also a saying that parent your children for their times. So it's not for your times. So you need to be prepared for their times and look at mm. their times and how you're going to prepare uh, parent your children. So I'm just I was thinking of that as uh, you probably have seen a lot of changes as well. Yes. How would you have answered him with yeah, interesting, background. actually. Um, so I should say that um, I've actually been married twice. Mm-hmm. So um, I married my first wife when she was 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were married for 13 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the marriage sadly ended in divorce. Mm-hmm. I think over that period, because we were probably so young, you know, we had drifted apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm pleased to say, you know, that we, um, we remain friends. Um, so, um, so my first wife, Helen, uh, she comes to stay from time to time mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Sarah Jane, my mm-hmm. daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were married for 13 years. Then I had two years as a single parent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was married to uh, Jeannie uh, for 39 years um, before she died. Um, I think what is so important... And I think it is as important as ever, even though it's probably more difficult to do, and that is that we sit and listen to what our children have to say. Mm. When our children were growing up, uh, we always insisted that for the evening meal, um, we sat down and had that meal together. Mm-hmm. So there was no going and helping yourself to the fridge, mm-hmm. you know, from the fridge, you know, and sitting down and, um, you know, going off and sitting by your computer and eating it on your own, yeah. you know, etc. Or in front of the TV. That's right, <coughs> that's right. Um, and I noticed that my children um, have the same, had the same practice with their own children. So although at times they may have rebelled against it when they were growing up, mm-hmm. you know, they adopted the same practice. <laughs> and what I, I actually do find really quite interesting, and that is um, it, it endorses the importance of having parameters um, for your children because they may knock it mm-hmm. and try to step outside of those parameters, mm-hmm. um, but they still uh, like the parameters to be there so they know where they are. Rules and boundaries. We're going to come back to that after this commercial break because we're going into a commercial break now, listeners. Do tune back to us after this, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum.